Alright, tomorrow's gonna have to be makeup day because this is... <laughs> wow. Thursday, and I'm behind. So far behind. Thursday, December 9th, 2021. I'm Steven Sierski. Uh Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. You get to listen to all the trials and tribulations of the things that I'm trying to do. And my current biggest project right now that I'm working on is this December drumming challenge, which for the last three days, I haven't been able to publish anything um, because I just haven't had the time. And of all things, I've been working. I know, <laughs> such an odd thing to have. Uh, but that being the case, although I haven't done December drumming, I have been putting in substantial time with my Chinese. And I've noticed that this is a, a major trade-off that I'm having to make that I did not have during the January uh, challenge earlier this year. In, in January of this year, I was doing a lot more music work than Chinese, whereas now I'm doing a lot more Chinese than I'm doing music work. It's not a problem. Tomorrow, uh, being Friday, I, I have the day off, and it looks like I'll have a, quite a bit of time to spend on uh, getting things done. So that is the goal. Um, I have the ideas for the tracks pretty much sketched out already. It's about putting them down. One of the things I wanted to do actually was uh, record a uh, sort of like a, a drum solo on the uh, on the practice pad that I have here. I bought a practice pad a couple months ago and I hardly ever use it. The reason I bought it was to obviously start practicing rudiments. But when I started doing it again, I'm like, I hate this. I, I don't like doing these rudiments. And, and it's not even that I can't see the value of them. It's that I go, this is so just repetitive, repetitive and boring and so not practical or directly related to what I'm looking to do. And what I'm looking to do is do a lot more computer-generated sounds. Uh, like, I don't sit behind drum kits anymore. Uh, I still create soundtracks, but they are they're made on computer, tapping keys or a, a touch screen sort of thing. It's, I'm not having to do the same sort of uh, rhythm development, pattern development, muscle memory development uh, that I had to when I was playing physical drums so many years ago. Uh, but, that being the case, since I did a drum solo, uh, sorry, a, a snare drum solo a couple days ago, I, I want to do the same, a similar attack on the practice pad, and then at some point during this month, I'm going to have to find a drum. And I'll, I'll play for you guys uh, a solo, like a drum, a snare drum solo or a drum solo on one drum or two drums or whatever. I get, I could improvise them, but it's not the same thing. Because when you get into the improvisation, then it becomes a little bit, bit about more the, um, uh, the unique sounds that you can find. Whereas like, I want it to be a direct application on the drum set itself not just for you guys, for me to see if I can actually pull this off. Um, and I actually thought I would have a chance tonight to go do it, uh, but things just got pushed back so much uh, that I never got out of my uh, my apartment and I wasn't able to uh, make it out to the place where I wanted to go tonight uh, to uh, see if, they, if I could sit down for 15 minutes or 5 minutes to play the drums, basically. Uh, but, oh well, maybe next time. Uh, that being the case... Um, Going forward, 
seven, eight, nine, ten. So tomorrow four tracks. Not a, it's not a huge deal to tell you the truth, uh, given that out of those four, I've got three pretty much in my mind already, and it's just a matter of sitting down to make sure I can actually uh, get them. So as much as I haven't been able to put uh, finger to keyboard or screen. The ideas are there, and yes, I know this sounds like a cop-out, because it is a cop-out. you got to produce. you got to publish. Uh, that's what the whole purpose is of this challenge, is to do this every day, to spend one hour a day producing these things. Um, so, yeah, tomorrow it's uh, it's it's got to be... If I stayed up and worked on it, it wouldn't make sense because then I would just be tired and I'd be cranky and I'd get frustrated and it wouldn't sound good anyway. So my philosophy with this is to put it aside and since I don't have a deadline and I do have the luxury of time with this, uh, I can pick this up tomorrow, even after I've uh, done my Chinese in the morning. The other thing that I'm working on now that it, it's not so much a project, it's a bit of a lifestyle change up. For no reason other than the thought struck me, I'm like, why not? Let's try it. But it was also the uh, sort of recognition of the limitation of how much I would be able to re is it, recompose my body. And so what this refers to is a body recomp. Um, you, if you've been following along, you'll know that I do work out uh, a little bit, three, two, three times a week usually. Uh, and I've had to shift my workouts over the last couple of weeks because Wednesday has gotten so busy with work. Um, and uh, it's just, it's too rushed now on Wednesdays and trying to get all like Chinese done and everything. So it's, it's too much. So I just pushed my workouts to Thursday, Monday, Thursday, Saturday. Uh, and then that seems to work for the schedule a little bit more. But the other thing I've started doing, because I'm looking at uh, sort of my, my, the calories that I'm taking in, the food I'm eating, and I'm going, if I eat anything less, I'd be hungry all the time, right? But that, that refers more to the quantity of food that I'm taking in, uh, or, or the, I guess the, the quality, I guess, as well. I mean, how do I... It's not like I'm eating... A fried food or uh, you know going to the bar I, at least not too often anyway and, and I'm not even drinking too much although I say that and you know it's very easy to open a bottle and it's gone sort of thing um, but it, it's I'm looking at the the foods I'm taking in how often I'm eating how often I'm working out the calories I'm expending how much time I have and then this one sort of singular goal I have in my mind to sort of flatten my stomach in the next year or so. For no other reason than to just try it and to see if it's actually possible. So, the idea came to me. As I, and you know, this is very common for people to say, well, skip a meal. You know, I remember my, my uncles, my, my dad, you know, the elders of the family saying, well, if you want to lose weight, just skip a meal. And it was always a joke because no one was willing to skip a joke, skip a, a, a meal. Uh, I mean, breakfast was served, you wake up, you're hungry, your stomach's growling, you go eat, right? Uh, same with like midday, you go eat, or uh, mid-morning, you got a little bit of a rumble in your stomach, go eat, go get a snack or something, right? And that sort of gets into like, what are you eating for those snacks? Now, 
I've been very good in terms of my uh, food intake. I, I mean, I eat raw vegetables, and every time, without fail, I pull out my Tupperware box of raw vegetables at the office. Someone goes, oh, very healthy. Like, yeah, I know. You're eating that. <laughs> uh, I don't try to criticize people too much. I mean, because... I'm not 100% pure, and I'm not a Bible thumper in terms of, or like a, a nutrition book thumper in terms of like, oh, you can't eat that. Unless you ask me. Then if you ask me, then I'll, then I'll tell you what's going on, right? Uh, but that being the case, I mean, the, the foods that I see them eating, I've eaten before too. I'll still eat them from time to time. One of the things that uh, I actually treat myself to, if I work on a Saturday and if it's available... And I actually get a little bit upset if it's not available because I got to look forward to it. Is a fried chicken on a stick uh, that Bianli Fung. So Bianli Fung is this little supermarket, and they have these uh, like a sort of it's a fast food offering, but like fast food, it's not a restaurant. It's a fast food window, <laughs> and they it's Chinese fast food. So we're talking like all your uh, sweet and sour pork, your rice soups, um, like all, all those sorts of really oily, really greasy foods that are good, uh, but uh, maybe the health content isn't so good. Well, they also have uh, this, like I guess you'd call it like a toaster oven that's toasting or roasting these, the, this fried chicken, and they also have sweet potatoes, and this is where I get my sweet potatoes from too. They also have eggs, like, so I get tea eggs from this place too. They're not so bad, um, but this fried chicken is some of the best that can never have it beats kfc uh, i mean it beats anything else that you can get most other places i should say not that i eat fried chicken very often but this fried chicken on a stick it tells you very good now the spicy version then they have like the sweet and sour version fantastic great stuff they don't always have it so i get a little bit disappointed but i don't eat that all the time and i don't eat it even during the week during the week box of vegetables and then I have my yogurt mixture that everyone thinks is mayonnaise and I, I just kind of go along I'm like yeah I, I eat pure mayonnaise with nuts <laughs> oh that's so gross the thought of it just makes me want to wretch um that that being the case I've never tried it so maybe it's probably the best thing it could be the best thing ever I don't know but yeah my little yogurt mixture of you know uh grains maple syrup uh yogurt and nuts and, and uh coconut oil for the mental acuity benefits of it. That's what I eat uh, during the day. I, I eat, also eat uh, these hard-boiled eggs and maybe a sweet potato or two. This is down from what I used to eat weeks ago, like even months ago, with like bacon, eggs, and toast every morning. Well, I stopped doing that. So to get back to what I was uh, uh, talking about earlier, about you know how can I sort of restrict this anymore... Intermittent fasting. I hate the terminology. It sounds wank-darted. It sounds like some hipster from some state overseas came up with the idea. Like, oh yeah, just don't eat no ma. You know, that's it. You're done eating. You don't have to eat. You don't have to eat to survive. I'm like, actually, you do have to eat to survive. And I very much enjoy eating. So this whole idea of intermittent fasting doesn't really appeal to me. However, getting back to flattening the stomach. Flattening the stomach looking at my time, looking at how 
how much I'm able to actually burn doing the exercises I have. And I do see some of these CrossFit people. I mean, they're, they must be eating like horses all the time. But the amount of work that they're putting in every day to get those that done, I, mean, I, I, I can't see myself doing that, at least not at my current level. So what would be the easiest tweak to do on a day-to-day basis that could help me towards this goal of flattening my stomach? Restrict your eating. And so I've been looking into this, and I've tried it for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'm actually surprised at how fast my body adapted to it uh, within a couple of days. Although I can't say that I went cold turkey and just started it. It actually, this I started doing this about a month or two months ago. So actually, since uh, Chongqing and Chengdu, since I came back. So it's been about a month and a half, six weeks. And that's when I took out bacon from my morning routine. Then I pushed back having my eggs until 10 o'clock, but I had toast at first. So I had toast with like cream cheese or Vegemite. Um, and then eventually I just stopped having that because the idea was that I would save myself time in the morning by boiling eggs and then taking them with me to work and I'd have them at my first break at 10 o'clock. That was the idea. And so at that point, though, like if I finish eating at 8.30 or 9 o'clock, you know, I'm not eating again until 10. Well, that's technically your intermittent fasting, not because I want to fast, but because I want to save myself time in the morning so I wasn't rushing through my breakfast all the time, which is what was happening. So that, and I'll tell you, almost immediately, I dropped two kilos. Like down, I was 82 thereabouts, uh, kilos, uh, before Chongqing and Chengdu, uh, beginning of October, after, when I came back, and I had taken out uh, bacon from my, my diet there, down to 80 kilos. So now I'm fluctuating between 79 and 80, which is, uh, I mean, I'm not looking to lose weight, I'm looking to drop fat more, more than anything else, anything else. So this intermittent fasting, I mention it only because that's the the trendy word to say, but basically all I'm doing is just not eating breakfast anymore. I'm just pushing it off. I'm still having breakfast foods. I'm just pushing them off later into the day. And so now I'm seeing that I'm eating basically anywhere between 10.30 and 12.30. That's my first meal. And then finishing eating in the day by 8.30. Now, if you're Chinese, you might think, well, that's a terrible idea. You're not supposed to skip breakfast. And I had this conversation a couple weeks ago with a Chinese lady uh, who said that she wasn't able to do this. And there is a a belief, a traditional saying, a traditional uh, belief, I guess, a long-held custom that you can skip you, you can skip dinner, but you can't skip breakfast. Like you can you can't eat after 9 p.m. or else you're going to get fat and you're going to die. Something along that line. You can drink all the hot water you want, but you can't eat after 9 p.m. It's bad for your health. But then when you wake up, you you got to eat something. That is intermittent fasting by another way. I mean, if you stop eating by 9 p.m., which is actually that's already pretty late, and you don't eat again for until 6 or 7 a.m., I mean, you're looking, that's 10-hour fast, and you look at the different stages of intermittent fasting, the fat burning zone where your body starts to 
actually use fat for energy instead of glycogen, which I've just been reading about this. So I'm kind of like, I have no idea exactly what is going on here. Like, how does it actually recomp recompose your body? Well, the Chinese method of um, intermittent fasting, which is you have dinner, usually early in the evening, and then you don't eat again until, you know, the next morning. Ostensibly, it would be 12 hours in between meals. So that is a form of inter intermittent fasting. Now, of course, Chinese people don't use these words to describe that sort of cycle of eating, but it's the same idea. It's the same idea that's taking hold in all these different uh, health circles. Now, intermittent fasting, there are different types. The one that I'm fluctuating between is the 14-10 and the 16-8. What that means is that for 14 hours or 16 hours, I am not eating anything with calories. And then for eight, uh, for 10 or for 8 hours, I can eat whatever I want, basically. Now, I've still, I mean, I do eat to my fill for lunch and dinner. I, I do feel hungry in the morning, but if I have my water and if I drink my coffee... I can usually make it to 10 o'clock or at least 11 o'clock without feeling too uncomfortable. So I've been reading about what else could you drink. And some things are like you could drink apple cider vinegar in small amounts, lemon juice. But to me, this is like, well, you're like licking a lemon or you're squeezing lemon juice into your mouth. It could be any fruit juice technically because if you're having it in such small doses... The amount of calories is only like it's only like amount of carbohydrates that are going to be converted to calories and blah 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 is almost negligible. Why is it just lemon? Like it, that doesn't make sense to me. Apple cider vinegar. I'm looking at the bottle I have. I mean, it has six grams of carb carbs per hundred mil. I go well. If you're not if you're supposed to be on zero calories, then it's got to be zero calories. I don't know the technical details of all this. This is my question right now. Why is it this way and not that way? All that being said, I don't see this as being a sustainable lifestyle. I think it's uh, almost kind of silly. I'm doing it to see how far I can push my body. And I can tell you one issue I've had as of late that I've noticed. And I'm not sure if this is maybe something more psychological and that I'm just sort of tired of the routine I'm in. Maybe I'm just trying to change things up. Maybe it's the change of the weather. Maybe it's all these creative projects I got going that I'm sort of getting behind on and I'm getting weighed down by that. But I'll tell you, I'm feeling just a little bit fatigued. And I notice this on my bike rides to and from work. I'm not racing to work as fast anymore. And I'm not trying to get out of there as fast anymore either. There has been a few other changes. Like, I mean, I don't rush as much because I'm leaving time since I'm not eating breakfast in a hurry and then, you know, dashing out the door. You know, since I take my breakfast with me, I know where my food is going to be. I know I'm going to be able to eat. Um, so if it takes me 25 minutes to get to work instead of 20, it's not such a big deal because all that's going to be taken care of. It's all set up and ready to be eaten in another two hours, right? And especially once I get out the door... I mean, if I can get past that that initial hunger pang at around 7 o'clock, 7.15, then once I'm into, like, getting out the door mode and then cycling, you're not hungry, and you're not going to be hungry for another hour after that. So I've noticed that this is some of the things that you can do, but I do notice that the power behind my workouts is a bit lacking. <laughs> it might also be, be because 
I've been doing the same workouts for like two months now, three months. <laughs> so it might be time to change those up as well. I'll leave it there. I know that's a lot about intermittent fasting. Have you guys tried it before? What did you think? Uh, did it work for you? What did you learn? Uh, what would you do different? Would you do anything different? So, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I, I don't mind having the extra time uh, in the morning to just sit down and do Chinese, which is kind of how this all started. And I do kind of like the idea of being able to flatten my stomach sooner than later by making this one simple change to how often I'm eating and, and, and not just what I'm eating or how much I'm working out. Thanks for listening, folks. Show notes up on my website, stevensersky.com. Hope you guys have a good one. We'll talk again. Bye-bye. And this is track number nine, Hands on a Desk, creatively titled for my December drumming challenge. 
I'm Steve Sersky, and this is today's offering for my month-long percussion music challenge. Every day this month, I am trying to make a drumming or a percussive type of song or a track uh, throughout the whole month of December. I call it the December Drumming Track. You can listen to the other tracks on my website, stephensersky.com. They're all listed there, along with the commentary tracks, such as this one. So today's uh, offering is Hands on a Desk, which is meant to be a very simple, similar to yesterday's offering, uh, which was, I guess could have been called Pens on a Desk. Uh, This one is Hands on a Desk because all I'm doing is playing hand rhythms on uh, a tabletop. Uh, I've done something similar before. The first track for my January uh, Song of Day Challenge last year was basically the same thing as this. Uh, Very similar. I don't think it's the same rhythm. But I'll tell you, and I'm sure you office workers, people who sit at uh, desks all day will have no doubt tried to drum something or uh, at some point or another. And with varying uh, degrees of success. The idea here is just to play along whatever comes to mind. So it's a free form jam, um, mixing hand rhythms with, you know, Western drum beats all together, some, uh, you know, pulsating stuff as well, mixed with some intricate rudiment work and then also some uh, Western West African uh, rhythm work in there as well. Overall, it wasn't a a difficult track. I did it three times. I did three different recordings. The first one, I actually had a bit of an issue because uh, the first one I recorded, the table, uh, I did this on a a movable tabletop, like uh, one of these sit-stand desks that I have. It wheels around and everything. And if I have it at the um, the top portion, like at the upper end of the, the, how far it can raise up, then the top wiggles. And so I, I wasn't really liking that because it was adding sort of a bit more noise than I wanted. Um, and so in this track, which is the third take already of this, I think it is anyway. Um, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's the third take. So the second one was also pretty good as well. But this one, this third take sort of uh, summarizes a lot of the stuff that I did in the other two takes and sort of makes it very concise, even though this track is almost three minutes long. I didn't do very much editing on it. I did try again to kill the room noise. I probably didn't have to, given that it sounded pretty good the way it is, but um, since I was uh, recording this on my cell phone again, as I mentioned yesterday, uh, the uh, recording this on my cell phone, it tends to only record or primarily record on the right-hand side of the sound sphere. And no doubt, I guess I could have looked at it in that time, but I just didn't. Uh, so this one is had the same issue. I didn't touch it, though. I, I think I panned it only a little bit to the left, opting to leave it uh, where it is in the sound sphere. And then I just threw on... This was the final version. I think I only went with one expansion plugin, uh, and I did the, yeah, no, it was just the high expansion plugin 
uh, that was it. Um, and I did a few different versions. I did a version with I, I did a version with an expansion and a compressor. Then I did a version with one expansion, and then I did a, uh, another version with two expansions. And so what these expansion plugins do is basically, basically kill the room noise, like that white noise. I was mentioning this yesterday that it uh, it takes away that crackling sound whenever you record something and you play it back like, especially if it's very low volume if it's low volume and you play it back you're going to hear this sort of white noise sort of sound and it doesn't it's not necessarily bothersome but when you do take your headphones off you hear the difference and so I want to cr try to kill that as much as I could uh, and I just noticed that with the compressor it made it worse and with the two expansions it wasn't making a lot of difference, at least not as much as I thought it would. So one, it is, you can hear it more if you turn up the volume, but I'm imagining that no one's going to be listening to this very loudly. Uh, maybe someone will. I guess if you played it back uh, through bigger speakers, you might also hear it as well. I'm mixing on headphones, but again, I mix at a very quiet level, uh, and I do turn it up towards the so the final version just to make sure that there's no artifacting going on and given the amount of noise that's going on it, I think the expansion plugin killed it pretty well killed the hum uh, which was uh, uh, pretty good I guess I could have thrown on uh, some uh, other like EQ just to kill the low end or the high end I could have done that as well that would have worked maybe an idea <laughs> I can always go back and do it again uh, but uh, so this is it. Uh, in terms of the hand rhythms, this is stuff that I've been playing for years on, on tabletops around the world. So this is nothing new. It's nothing groundbreaking. Um, sim very similar to the pen taps. It's something that anyone could do. The only difference uh, literally between this track and what you do on the office, your office desk, is that I just recorded it. <laughs> I did three takes of it and I recorded it. That's it. And I put some uh, hum killer on the, on the track basically. Other than that, you could play the same thing. I I don't know if you could pick up some of the hand rhythms. You'd have to be listening pretty closely to what I do because I do a lot of triplets. Uh, a lot of, um, it's not just singles. There's no real doubles, but throughout the, as the track progresses, I move from single-handed, full-hand uh, strokes. <laughs> full-hand slaps uh, to uh, I'm just using my fingers towards the end where I'm doing this sort of what I call like a rain-like uh, finger tapping and I've been doing this this it pops up in like Persian music on the Dumbek and places like that uh, so they have different uh, fingering styles for their drums the very small drums that they play under their arm uh, but the for the West African drums that's usually played full hand so I mix the styles I'm not exactly a purist I like the sounds and here you can see or hear the difference between the two different styles uh, the full hand slaps and then the the finger slaps later on in the uh, in the track as well so try it out see what you got um, the most common sort of triplet you'll hear is the one hand slap and then followed by two finger taps so it's like something like that and if you can get that going uh, 
that takes a, maybe 25 minutes to get, 5 minutes to get, 10 minutes, who knows? Let me know how long it takes you to figure out that fingering pattern. And then from there, it's just building variations on triplets and singles, like singles going uh, like right, left, right, left, so one E Anna. Uh, and then the triplets are just, you hit once with the full hand and follow with two finger taps from the other hand uh, in, in succession. And you will annoy all of your office workers that way, all your coworkers, <laughs> and possibly disrupt your date because your date will be like, don't do that, please, that's annoying. Such is the life of a hand drummer. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed that. All the tracks and the commentaries are available on my website, stephenserski.com. Again, this is the uh, commentary track for the Hands on a Desk December Drumming Track Challenge. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Bye-bye. <laughs>